This is for the nerds, this is for the brainiacs, this is what we deserve. Go ahead and play it back, you ain't gonna touch me, you not gonna do nothing, you are not above me, I bet you wish you was me, I know it, I know. What's up everybody, welcome back to a brand new 2024 with the throwback intro, <laughs> Only Friends episode. We are so happy to be back and shaking off a little bit of the dust. Sorry for the delay in the, uh, in the countdown. We Just ran. keeping everybody on their toes, Yeah, Burke. you know, you know how it is, a little yeah. technical. We're, we're, we're a skeleton crew here. Skeleton, this is it, man. This is the show. Well, this is going to be the new show because Conrad mm -hmm. actually is a skeleton. Mm -hmm. I've buried him. Oh, no. So oh, it's, it's going to happen? Oh, it's going to happen. Is it going to happen? What's well, going to happen is just when and where and how, how hard. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about this. Okay. For everyone that doesn't know, which uh, they probably do know, the Steelers have won their ninth game mm -hmm. of the season, which means Berkey wins the slap bet. Also, a little bonus to this that I completely forgot about. Shout out to Jeff Platt. What a hero. Uh, I bet him $1,000 on the show. Oh, you did? On the eight and a half over under. Oh, my God. Higher or lower. Apologies. I, Apologies. Did, higher or lower. Did I, uh, did I get in on that bet? You did not, but I have, a, I, have a, I have a nice thousand coming to me, so we're going to have Jeff Platt back on the show very, yeah. very, very soon. Very soon. Uh, so, yeah, uh, the Steelers won their ninth game, which means that I do, in fact, get to slap Connie, but I was thinking about this, and, you know, there was a point where it wasn't looking good. No. I was on my knees. About two weeks ago. We went into Christmas break. I was, I was begging. I said, guys, please, I won't hit them that hard. Just, just let it happen. Now, <laughs> now we have a shot at the playoffs. So in keeping with the, the not being results oriented here and just saying like, oh, he's dead. I knew this was going to happen. All no, no, no. I remember, <laughs> I remember Berkey of two weeks ago okay. staring down the barrel of mm -hmm. the gun, knowing we had to go into Seattle. Ooh and steal one yeah. with Mason Rudolph leading Santa's sleigh. Comeback uh, player of the year, Mason Rudolph. <laughs> him and Flacco. Fuck they're going to be battling it out. I know. Uh, yeah, I, I remember that. So what I may do, and this isn't even to let Conrad off the hook, it's actually to let me off the hook. I may bequeath my slap. May what? Bequeath. Bequeath? Yeah, gift. What the hell does it I may gift my slap. Okay. To, Someone else? To some lucky viewer at the Brigada. <laughs> I slept on it, and I think this is—I think this is the play. Conrad's gone till the end of the month. There, there's only two options here, okay? Conrad's gone till the end of the month. I think he gets back the 28th, so he's mm -hmm. gone for a full month, which allows him to really prep the face, you know, grow the beard out, get it nice and calloused, maybe, mm -hmm. maybe, uh, you know, get get some light slaps in in the meantime. I don't want that. All right. So the only two options that I think we have are that. I bequeath the slap to somebody in Atlantic City, and we have the whole thing filmed. I believe Poker Org is out there. Shout out to Sarah Herring. Uh, if you want to hit me up, maybe we can organize this, take care of, make sure we get video footage of all this. Multiple angles, please. Right, uh, as many angles as possible, actually. <laughs> or, alternatively, my birthday's on the 29th, mm. in which case... What uh, a birthday gift. Yeah, maybe <laughs> I just you know give myself a little, a little gift this year. And knock him the fuck out. Mm. <laughs> January 29th? Is yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's right. The last option is I, I, mean, could, I could let him put it on a tab. You know, mm, let him start tabbing slaps. I don't know. <laughs> no, because that's never going to get paid off, I don't think. Well, one thing's for sure. The slap will be paid. 
Yeah. The slap will be, be paid and you all will be a witness to it. I'm, I apologize to everybody who came here today hoping to see. They thought the slap was going to be today. I, I, I mean, I mean, we got to build it up a little bit more than that. It's not just going to come in. Bam, bam. Thank you, man. Well, the man ran. I he mean, did. He literally just hopped fucking, a jet plane. Yeah. He got the hell out of Dodge. We were, we were in Tahoe. Uh, myself, Conrad, Espen, um, Henry and Melissa. How was it? Was it nice? Was it fun? Did you snowboard? You know, it didn't snow. Were there snow. any snow? It didn't snow. There was no snow. In a week, there'll be three feet. I know. I'm quite frustrated. Um, but it was a good trip. I, I, I had a good time. We were watching the Steeler game, and it was very clear, you know, heading into the third quarter that <laughs> we had this thing on lockdown. And Connor was, like, sad watching oh. on the floor. Oh, it was man. so nice to watch a game with him where he gonna... didn't have any shit to talk. Yeah. It was, it was just one, it was it was it was three hours of watching him accept honestly his that would have been worth going on the trip just to watch the game with him 100 percent. so i'm texting melissa and i go hey when this game ends i'm gonna slap conrad in the face <laughs> <laughs> i need you to film it and do it in in landscape mode <laughs> oh man and she's like okay as the fourth quarter's winding down i look over and she's like napping in the chair i'm like ah. fuck God damn it. All right. We'll you find another gonna way. You were just going to give him a... Just, a, just walk up and just crack him right in the Honestly, face? Honestly, what I... Not what even I, any warning? What I, Actually, what was the premise on How I Met Your Mother? That you could slap someone... Okay. Whenever you wanted to, like... Very well, quick very quick story of how the slap bet was born. It came from How I Met Your Mother, which, which uh, Guapo just pointed out. And the rule was that they, they were betting on whether or not Robin had done porn. And uh, they bet one slap. So... Barney found this tape from her teenage years and she was horrified of it and he just accepted that that was her having done porn so he slapped Marshall. Now Lily was the slap bet commissioner. They find out later that Robin was just mortified that she was a teen pop star and this was her first music video. So as the slap commissioner since he slapped out of turn he had to be punished. So he was given the option of three slaps uh right now or sorry five slaps right now or 10 slaps right now or five slaps doled out over and they uh, didn't know a, it was an infinite amount of time where he mm -hmm. didn't know it was coming he snapped took five five slaps yeah so now for the next nine seasons these random slaps would just occur <laughs> it was genius and in my head that's what i had built up for at the end of the Steeler game was that conrad was gonna like turn around <laughs> To, you know, admit defeat, and I was just gonna haul off and knock him out, <laughs> <laughs> and have, have Melissa film the whole thing, and then just like you know, kind of pick him up, cradle his head in my chest, be like, "It's okay, it's okay, you're gonna be okay. Uh, you're gonna be okay." Could do double or nothing where they make the playoffs. <laughs> Relax. I'm not trying to lose this lap here. Uh, we got a great show for you guys today. I know that we have been gone for far too long. Uh, what a bad week to take off i know we disappeared for one week yeah. one week can you guys just chill on the super using and the fucking stealing from one another for a week god damn like man we went like three months we couldn't get anything going you know every day three thousand views talking about Steelers football now mm -hmm. here we are in the midst of the holidays i just want to take a nap and here we go we got we got a guy who is hacking gg <sighs> We got Munker guy who is playing intermediary of of potential theft. Is it still alleged at no. this point? Well, I mean, we don't know. I guess, like, are you asking, is the third party alleged? No, I thought it was 
he accepted money or somebody sent money on accident? Correct. It, it wasn't his address that the money got sent to. Everything got cleared up eventually. Okay. I don't. I don't want to like set up Munker sure. guy for failure here. Like this did all get kind of kind of resolved. Um, but yeah, we'll get into the details of that moving forward. I, I want to cover a couple of the smaller stories before uh, we we dig into the big stuff. The Circus Survivor is down to the final four, and we lost the greatest sports better of all time. Oh, and that is heartbreaking, what guys. A shame. That is heartbreaking. Brutal. The Broncos ruined it for my man Sean Perry. He's out uh, along with kind of crazy. Uh, there were 10 teams left. Six of them were on the Broncos uh, against New England. New England, yeah, which seemed pretty sharp. Mm-hmm. Trap game, though. Always. Fucking, fucking trap game. No, all uh, too well. Also, the last game that we'll see Russell Wilson cooking for for Denver, apparently. Yeah, he gone. He's uh he's now riding the pine because he won't take a cut in the contract, which you know can't yeah, fucking and, like, blame if, the guy. It's a weird thing, like where if he gets hurt, then they're like on the hook for a bunch more money, so they can't like just play him. Oh, I didn't realize it was a bunch more money. I thought he just had guaranteed money, and they were trying to get out of it. It's like it's weird. It's like if he gets hurt, then he's guaranteed more. I, don't, I see. I, I see. Something I see. Like that, okay, yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Either way, they're going to be moving on from him. Uh, and New England, for the first time ever, I was happy to see them win uh, because <laughs> Perry got ousted uh, from the the uh, Circus Survivor, which led to. I, I mean, I know this is late news because it happened literally nine days ago but man twitter was a buzz at his failures oh yeah like there were so many good one-liners uh i thought the best though was Haralabob. yeah Haralabob is great <laughs> he came in hard fuck i think i lost it i mean That's what funny. the internet loves more than anything is to see uh, a cocky asshole lose <laughs> yeah, honestly, I'm not an honestly, that's, I think they're just harsh, but like, I think they're just happy to see anybody lose. To be quite frank, they are, but especially when they talk a lot of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, Heraldus tweeted something out um, to the effect of uh, one of my favorite Sean Perry stories is that I tweeted some time ago that he's one of the the, the sharpest uh, like sports betters of our time or something like that. Clearly, he was trolling. Yeah, clearly trolling. Oh, okay, here it is. Uh, one of the most talented gamblers I've ever met. <laughs> he said, I then had three poker friends text me saying he's going around showing everybody my tweet. <laughs> yeah, of course he is. <laughs> not, sure what school, not sure what his skill is, but it's definitely oh, not man. reading people. But if you scroll down, the reply to this is actually really great. He said, I'll say this about him. If he had a better reputation, he'd probably make a pretty good beard. <laughs> and honestly, that makes a lot of sense. Like, maybe he's just the guy who gets the action down. Maybe. Like, what a great role to play. It's kind of like... Um, I think we're seeing a lot more of this in the sports gambling industry now that it's becoming like nationwide and uh, the, the I, I guess like the uh, negative connotation of it is kind of wearing off. You're seeing a lot more content creators in this space. Mm-hmm. And it is one of those weird industries where in order to get money down, you kind of got to be playing the dope role. Yeah. And who better than Sean Perry, really? <laughs> you know? I mean, like... <laughs> What a talent! Mm-hmm. This 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 might be, or all Bob's uh, tweet might actually come to fruition. Yeah, yeah. Maybe Sweet. one of the best betters of all time. It's the part of a loser to perfection. <laughs> Someone's <laughs> got to do it, man. Someone's got to be worm yep. in this little uh, in this little couple that we got going on here. Uh, big shout out to Dean Eggs who put out his year end vlog a couple days ago. 
Lost two million last year. Gosh. RIP. Lucky for him, I found it. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Daniel. Appreciate you as always. Thanks, um, Nick. Is trickle down economics a thing that, in poker? In, in poker, it absolutely oh, is yeah. for sure. There's nothing there. Listen, there is nothing better for the ecosystem than when a high stakes degenerate. And this isn't apply. Uh, uh, th this, this is aside from DNA, yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, in general, there's nothing better than when like a high stakes degenerate cash game player ships a major tournament for big money, like seven figures. Mm -hmm. Like you absolutely want Blesnik winning, like you know, <laughs> fucking the WPT championship or mm -hmm. something, because everybody gets staked. We don't know what else to do with the money. We can't play any bigger, you know. It's like it's like suddenly the five ten streets are just lined with new soldiers out there uh, getting ready to fire it up. Um, if you didn't see the Dnex vlog, I actually think it's like worth a watch. We uh, one of the one of the trolls we had in our chat was Espen was being critical of the Airbnb TVs. He goes, "We need a TV big enough to watch Dnex vlogs on." Okay. <laughs> So like we're going through the Airbnbs, and he's like, no, 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 this TV is not big enough to watch Dino's <laughs> vlog on. Uh, so we did watch, we watched the year and wrap up, and uh, I actually thought it was like a pretty good reflection of a losing year. I think Dino's does a really great job of leaning into the things that I guess are within our control, right? Because like whether you have winning or losing years, as you get better and I guess uh, let's call it more professional. Uh, there should be a little bit less control around the final number of what you want and lost and a lot more of just reflecting on maybe spots missed, maybe mistakes made, whatever. Um, for Dnex though, he's kind of in a cushy spot. So I, I think that he doesn't have to play, right? And the motives behind playing aren't necessarily always pure. And I thought that that was a lot of what this vlog recognized is that, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes he forces it. Sometimes he's putting in volume that he doesn't actually want to put in. You know, he spoke about like some, uh, what he considers to be smaller binds, like 10Ks and stuff like that, where he's just jamming dark, trying yeah. to build a stack, which is obviously massively negative EV. And that shows up in the final, mm -hmm. in the final number. And he's switching that this year, right? So he Correct. said this year he wants to put in less volume, quantity. Quantity or qu over, or quality, quality over quantity. Over quantity. Right. And you you know, sure enough, mm -hmm. he just wins his first event. Yeah. First event played right yeah. out of the gate. So now he doesn't have to play for like six months. Yeah, January second. <laughs> ships the ten K at Poker Go uh for a little over two hundred thousand. Yep. Um, see the WSOP. And he said he's living up to his maximum. He's taking today off. Right. Uh so respect to Dean Eggs for, for setting the example. Mm -hmm. Uh interesting final table. Obviously him and Bonimo are having a little bit of social discord back and forth about things that we're not qualified to talk about. And honestly, like I'd, I, I've stayed very far out of it. Uh, I, I don't have any interest. As I don't think should. my opinion matters uh, one way or the other. And I, I will say this about Bonomo. Like I respect how much passion he puts into these things, which makes me trust that he's at least trying to do his due diligence, mm -hmm. whether or not he actually gets to the point of being objective or not you know, pretty unlikely. So some bias is obviously going to shine through. And we were talking about such a hot button issue as, as, uh, you know, a, a holy war, so to speak. Um, you're going to piss people off. Yeah. And he's done a really good job of pissing people mm -hmm. off. So, you know, there's been a lot of back and forth between the community at large in Bonomo, especially when he takes a very unpopular position, right. uh, which should have led to, I guess, uh, some awkwardness at the final table. But, I only, I only watched a portion of it. It seemed like they were cordial. 
as uh as men tend to be when they don't have the twitter fingers available <laughs> uh we've seen a lot of the twitter fingers <laughs> make their way into the poker go studio and not not much follow through uh mm-hmm. which honestly for the best shout out to high stakes poker yeah for the best <laughs> like what do you want to see happen you know uh, it's it's like a lot the, of people tuned in to see basically you and nick get into a fist fight but that never happened they got their money's worth yeah they did he he put on a fucking show honestly god bless nick airball you just stayed silent the whole time i had no intentions of talking god (laughs) god bless god bless nick airball and god Mm -hmm. bless everyone merry christmas everybody (laughs) (laughs) we'll talk about my graph tomorrow there's a there's a little little shout out to airball in there um so yeah big uh congratulations to to Daniel, this hand, I guess, is pretty wild. I didn't see it. Oh, you didn't? No, yeah, but it looks like they're pretty... So they're like 30 blinds effective here, 10 SPR. Ace-King probably shouldn't get the money in unless it makes a queen. But It uh, does make a queen. Well, on the river. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, the way this hand plays out, it looks like uh, Daniel opens, big blind calls. Uh, mm-hmm. He then check-raises the flop. Not, he doesn't check-raise. No. Uh, I'm not going to try to pronounce the name, and Landon's yeah. not here to do it for us. Mr. S check yeah, raises. Yeah, Mr. S check raises. Uh, Dean Eggs calls, obviously, peels. Turn, I imagine it face a pretty polar size at like two, two and a half SPR. So probably going to see something like B66 or B75-ish, hmm. something like that, uh, as the flush draw comes through. So, yeah, we're going to see 1.3 million, so just under half pot. Um, no, he bet almost full pot. Oh, oh, sorry, that's that's after the bet. Right. Yeah, okay, so there's one point five in there. Okay, yes, so yeah, correct. bet like eighty percent, a little yeah. bit over two e, um, or two equal sizes. Uh, turn the river. Does Dnegs just yellow? He does yellow, and uh, I don't know why. I don't. <laughs> I, I just don't know why. I mean, I guess there's a there's an aspect that he could have the best hand right now. Yeah. And he doesn't want to get bluffed off it on the river. Mm-hmm. But, like, that's just okay, man. You know? It's okay to call and then have a fold versus river jam. It's okay to let some bluffs get through. There aren't a lot of them. You know? Mm-hmm. Not a lot of them in this instance. Like, eight, nine of clubs yeah. is it. And that probably three bets yeah. pre some of the time. Just call, get it in on the river, and you look like a genius. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. You just, just call. a good way to start like, the year. Yeah, you know? Hey, just call, then Jack Deuce rips into but, you on the river. Hey, you know what? Sometimes Sick life. he had equity, and then there you go. Oh, D-Negs limp pre. Uh, not that that matters, but yeah. Um, yeah, okay. Well, hey, you're doing it, man. Mm-hmm. You're doing it. His reaction was great. He's just like, oh, I guess I won. Nice. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I did see him say, like, in an interview somewhere, I don't know what the fuck I was doing on yeah, the turn. Yeah, he did. No, he said it. He said <laughs> it uh, that was he, his tweet. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah. He literally said that. At, right after he won, as he's talking to the guy he beat, he said, he's just like, yeah, I have no idea what I was going on. Yeah. <laughs> like, Look, and, he knew it in the moment. And here's the thing, like, that's fine. Mm-hmm. That, that's totally fine. Like, we're, we're quote unquote paid to be pundits here. Right. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, we're armchair quarterbacking. Uh, people are just going to make mistakes. And when it happens on stream, like, we're going to mm-hmm. point it out, I guess. At the most pivotal moment of a tournament. Right. Yeah. But it's like, <laughs> you know, whatever. Like, yeah. First of all, none of us are that fucking good. No. Top to bottom. I don't care who you hold in the highest regard with the exception of Ike. That man <laughs> that man is a goddamn machine. But, mm-hmm. you know, Ike and maybe Kuhn aside, like everybody else, you're all flawed. And we're all in that bucket with you. So, like, mm-hmm. let's just embrace the fact that we're still humans playing a game 
that is riddled with mistakes and we haven't gotten to the point yet where it's just my sim versus your sim and we see whose is uh built more accurately you know i have a, I have a question about this quality over quantity thing um if you take a look at 2019 to 22 yep 2023 nearly wiped out three years of work right yeah so wouldn't the right approach to be put in more quantity versus quality because now you're kind of setting yourself up to maybe have a disastrous 2024 if well you just don't think i think his i think his point is is that he tried that last year and got washed um and more importantly if you look at years past uh i believe it was the 2019 year might have been 2020 i can't recall but uh he lost a million dollars to poke that year and still turned around a winner um i think it was 2019 yeah so it's like <laughs> it's did he actually not play during COVID at all he played online right guess not i don't know he just doesn't have a 2020 in there that's no, pretty wild um but yeah anyway uh but you understand my question right I, I do. like if he has an edge like play more yeah i do i i mean i think that there's a caveat to and I understand this as a live guy because live is very slow. It's meticulous. Uh, the money being made isn't necessarily as technical as you might find when you're putting in mass volume. So like, I, I believe this about myself and I'm sure that he believes this to some degree about his own game. Uh, the edge is within making high quality decisions at moments that matter most. Yeah. So... I don't necessarily know that Dineggs believes he's winning in high rollers over a sample of 10,000 games, but he believes that he's winning in a one of one when he enters and sits within a field. Mm. You know, do you understand what I'm saying no, in I that understand. regard? Right. So like when he shows up for the 300 K super high roller bowl, that's a one of one event, right? That, that's the only time it's going to run this mm -hmm. year. And he believes that, the field that he's presented, he has edge in, and he probably does to to some regard, whether it's tiny or you know close to break even, who knows? But um, point is, start to finish, he'll take that tournament very seriously and and believe himself to be able to realize the edge. But if he has to play ten thousand three hundred k super high roller bowls, maybe he doesn't feel like he has much of an edge because so much of his game is uh, curtailed to um the specific opponents that he's up against right okay. and putting in a lot of volume kind of dilutes that you know um playing online might be viable for him if he plays on gg i know a guy um money taker 69 <laughs> um the guy just has a crazy win rate so if dean eggs is looking to do you think he's coaching maybe is, get is he coaching? offering coaching um, money taker he might be yeah mm, interesting well we've seen what dean eggs can do with a little coaching you know, this is true. He, he uh, <laughs> I almost threw a shot. It's like it's just <laughs> no, teed up. Just... I love Daniel. I don't want to. I don't want to troll. But I was gonna say he lose a million dollars heads up to Paul. <laughs> like it's so unfair. Um, obviously, like even battling in that situation was like very courageous. Uh, yeah, I think that you know, um, he is an ambassador, so he has a he has a a fast track. Sure. If he wants to, let's talk about the the GG um super user now let's not call it a super user the, let's call it the hacking yeah uh i think that's a more accurate term for what actually occurred right so, because super, super user, user would mean you can actually see, see the it was super too. user adjacent yeah because he could exactly. he, could, he knew he knew well go ahead i'll let you well, no, you're, you're, you're right you nailed the super user adjacent brian right there you go <laughs> i'm just saying because <laughs> he could see, that we can work it in right you know he could see the um the percentages of the equity 
of the hand. So he knew that when he was a big favorite in the hand. Right. right? And but as he didn't we know saw exactly what the other person had. As we saw, he didn't even care if he was a big favorite. Bro. No, just small favorite. Taking the small right? edges. You gotta take the small edges. That's, That's what poker's right. all that about. That is what you, poker's listen, all about. Listen, people, it's all about those small edges. Right. right? So maybe if you have Jack High versus an open-ended straight flush draw. That's <laughs> unbelievable. And one to come. <laughs> Get it's it unbelievable in. this hand actually exists. <laughs> maybe you're just induced a jam. Listen. Wild. Who's so running it, this sim? I'm telling you. Yeah, talk about a sim. We are in one. Who's I mean, running geez. this sim? Do you, do you have that screenshot? I don't. Oh, man. Uh, it's in my Twitter. If you want to go through, just sure. click the media tab. You'll find I it pretty you. quickly. Um, but yeah, while, while we find that, let me kind of set the stage for what happened. So I know this is, uh, let's not call it old news, but this happened about a week ago at this point. Um, and it, it was seemingly happening behind the scenes for even a longer period of time. I think Gigi, uh, like started to address the, the issue around December 16th. So, you know, this has basically been going on for closer to a month. Um, <clears throat> What essentially happened was players in the GG client were fearful that they were up against a super user. Okay, so here, here's the, the quote-unquote Robbie. Uh, this was some of the evidence that was presented as to why they were fearful that they were up against the super user. Uh, as you can see, this hand played out in a way where um, Money Taker defends Jack Deuce off. Then he leads right into A7 Queen. Uh, for one big blind, gets raised and calls. Turn is a six. He leads for one big blind again, gets jammed on. He calls it off uh, and is shown four or five of clubs. Now, what are the equities on the turn? It's just so egregious. <laughs> um, it's like, they're horrible. He's probably like, cheating. He's probably he horrible. He's like he's a 55? Like six, 50, yeah, 60. like 60 40. Yeah. 58. That's a lot. Yeah. 20% is a lot. Make a fucking living <laughs> off of 20%. Yeah, it's a lot. I, I build mansions yeah. off of 20%. Right. Like, people, the wealthiest people in the world are operating off of, like, 5%. It's funny, edge. though, because, like, if you, you're sitting there with the Jack Deuce and you see that he has 40% equity, you got to kind of know what he has. He's going to have well, a very big well, combo draw So that's like the that. thing. Uh, if, if these guys actually are a hacking group, and based off of a lot of the evidence that we saw as far as like how they executed that savvy in actual poker. Right. They're not very sophisticated right. when it comes to poker. Right. They're just taking they raw just numbers. They just understand that I'm a, I have an edge here, so I go. Correct. There. Correct. So yeah, let's let's add a little bit of context yeah. then to what we just saw there because when the users were presenting this evidence to two plus two and submitting it to GG, effectively they're watching this hand play out where this guy just induced with Jack High on two streets and uh got a jam uh got a jam to come in and i know that it's easy much like the robbie situation to say well why on earth would he want to commit all of his money with jack high there versus such a high equity hand if he knew the cards and it's like well yeah that's a very reasonable question if he knew the cards right and at the time we were operating on the assumption that he was a super user and was obviously able to see the other hands because the way he was playing it looked like he had near perfect information mm-hmm um, what was ultimately divulged by GG's security team was that he did have near-perfect information, but not perfect. Essentially, there was a glitch in the thumbs-up, thumbs-down reaction that you could execute in GG's client. And through that, um, there were packets attached that were sent on the client side that divulged the equities of the two hands up against one another at that current point in the hand. So effectively, the hacker 
was able to get into uh, the thumbs up, thumbs down mechanism, intercept the packets that were transmitting the uh, equities of the hands at that juncture, and then basically make perfect decisions, uh, or I guess perfect decisions on the equities, not the actual outcomes, right? So he's still gambling, but he's gambling with a, with a huge edge, a massive, yeah. massive right. an unbeatable yeah. edge, right. right? Like it's impossible for anybody to overcome this. Yeah. Um, Even the casinos in Vegas don't have that kind of edge. Correct. <laughs> and yeah, look at look at what we've built yeah. off of three <laughs> percent. Right. <laughs> you know. Right. Um, and am I correct in asking if um, if this wasn't the only person? Because it looks on the it looks like on the two plus two form there were there were several hackers right? players that were just winning at okay so, astronomical rates. Uh, let's let's talk about a few things. Um, first, let's uh, discuss a little bit of Gigi's statement because I think that that's relevant to this. Um, uh, effectively, it looks as though in their statement it was just Money Taker Six Nine that they had um, pinned as the potential hacker. Uh, they did shut down his account. They refunded twenty nine thousand seven hundred ninety five dollars, and I believe that was mostly, if not all, from the cash games. Um, I saw something in one of the threads saying that they were going to uh, do something about the MTT as well, but I haven't heard it or seen anything since then. So I'm not sure if there was a follow-up where they did further refunds and bumped everybody up a place in that tournament that he won, um, or if they plan to do that in the near future. I'm unsure. Uh, but they did say that they addressed uh, the security patches and the, they had addressed it much sooner, December 16th, but the issue was that the hacker had already uh, basically created a clone copy for himself of the client, which did not allow updates to push through. Mm -hmm. That allowed him to preserve the, the hack that he had installed and you know basically take advantage of it as long as possible. Now, with regard to what Guapo is saying, there was a two plus two thread that was uh, essentially saying like, there are a lot of these accounts that are winning at a rate that is undeniable. So um, to give you guys a little bit of perspective of how this was found out from the user side, uh, effectively money taker six, nine was winning at a big blind per hundred rate. That is just inconceivable. It's like 80 or 90, 80, right? Yeah, 80 he was winning something. like 90 big blinds per hundred over a 9,000 hand sample. And when they <laughs> did prime dope calculations, uh, this was just coming up like a 0.0000% likelihood. So it, it was, you know, all the variance in the world over that sort of sample, just even though it's a small sample, it's still significant enough that like, it's just not possible without near perfect information right. to have that sort of win rate. And uh, somebody else kind of doing their due diligence went through and found uh, a host of other names that were kind of demonstrating similar results um putting up big numbers and what have you now there is sort of a fail safe that's baked into gg's client that prevents any of these hackings uh to actually take a lot of money so what you notice in this client list is that these accounts all disappear after fifteen thousand hands right relatively Re relatively speaking yeah and there, there there's very likely a reason for that on the GG side. And it's that they suppress big winners. So basically, they don't have to take anyone's business. And if you demonstrate a 90 big blind per 100 win rate over 15,000 hands, <laughs> they just kick you off the site. Yeah. Which is, you know, pretty good 
uh, at detecting shit like this. Mm -hmm. So like it forces you to either be uh, more sophisticated than your cheating meth methods or have the capability to rinse and repeat, you know, hundreds and hundreds of times, which maybe that capability does exist, did exist. We're not really sure. Um, and maybe this is something that GG can further look into now that we're starting to have some evidence mount because the thing of it is that even though they patched uh, their their vulnerability in this one instance where they were being hacked, that doesn't necessarily mean that there aren't certain backdoors that are being overlooked elsewhere. Like one of the biggest issues with code, uh, it, uh, maybe issues is the wrong word, but the reason hacking exists is because every coder always leaves himself a backdoor. Right? Like you never want to be able to create a program that you, the coder himself gets locked out of. Right. And because of that, like other sophisticated people with code will try to find ways to break your system. And honestly, uh, white hacking is like one of the best uh, methods out there to test uh, a, a lot of the tech that you roll out because effectively what you're doing is you're just hiring people to try to break what you built. Mm -hmm. And from that vantage point, like that's how a lot of the vulnerabilities and weaknesses rise to the top. Now, isn't there a white hat hacker group called Money Taker? I don't know if they're white hat. We just know that there's a hacker group. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm I'm not of the impression that they're white hat, but mm -hmm. I know Doug reported that he thought that they were. Yeah, I, I, I don't so, think yeah. that there's any information one okay. way or the other on mm -hmm. that. We just know that there was a Russian hacker. Maybe they weren't even Russian, uh, but there was a hacker group called Money Taker 69 or mm -hmm. Money Taker no six nine i don't know uh that that did hack like i believe a russian bank um so this might be a part of that group or it might just be a play on money maker could be you know play like, on money maker play on the the hacker yeah like the hacker yeah, yeah, yeah. The other, the other hacker. like there's yeah, a million yeah. there's a Copy million cats, different uh right things that we could read into this mm -hmm. that that can't go too deep so we should probably just keep it to the surface level of like what is known yeah um now, with regard to how this all shook out, uh, from the from the player's standpoint, which is what I want to speak to the most, uh, the community, man, congratulations. Like, honestly, I know that everybody gets a lot of shit for crying wolf and, and coming out public, like, too soon with a lot of this stuff. But, like, this is and what has always been what the poker community is able to do and capable of whenever they are giving even just a glimmer of information, right? Uh, we go back to the UB scandal or the absolute scandal with russ hamilton and i want to be very clear that this is not that right so the biggest reason why i want to talk about what happened with ultimate bet and absolute back in the early 2000s is because it, it it's it's very clearly something different and i think initially this was being confused for being the same sort of attack on gg um and it's important to make this delineation because what happened at absolute was an inside job what happened with GG was a vulnerability. There's a big difference here. Right. Um, now, don't get me wrong. The, the reason for the inside job at Absolute was because of a vulnerability. So that doesn't necessarily let everybody off the hook. But vulnerabilities will always exist, right? The inside job. Foolproof. Right, of course. The inside job aspect of it is what made Absolute and UB uh, crumble to their knees. It's what made them completely untrustworthy as a site, right? So... Right. Uh, to give everybody a little bit of a recap of what happened back in, I think, 2007. Um, effectively, uh, UB and Absolute kind of partnered to be a part of uh, a network. I think they were the Sirius Network, if I recall correctly. And they brought Russ Hamilton 
former WSOP main event winner on as a consultant. Uh, he uh, was a part of the team, whatever, and uh, as, as 2007 rolled on, uh, this account popped up, Pot Ripper, and it was just winning at a clip that nobody could really comprehend. It all culminated with him winning the 100K guarantee $1,000 buy-in on a Tuesday uh, for $30,000. And what was really interesting about that was that he beat Crazy Marco, uh, Marco Johnson, heads up uh, with calling off uh, with, I believe, 10 high. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we're going to show you that hand history really quickly. But essentially what happened was uh, they were heads up. Pot River limped with 10-9, uh, Marco checked, and they ended up getting it all in on a king-king 4-7-5 five board where Marco tripled off. And Pot River just, you know, call, call, calls with uh, the nine high. So um, I believe it went like Pot River bet the flop, Johnson called, he checked uh, the turn seven, Pot River bet, Johnson checked jam uh, for the remainder of his chips, and then Pot River just calls off with 10 high, no draw. Like, okay, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> now, this one instance obviously wouldn't be enough to get him caught, but it was enough to raise suspicion. So Marco then reached out to support and said, I like uh, a hand history um, file of the final table so I can go back and see other hands that, that were played. I'm entitled to that, whatever. They accidentally sent him uh, a spreadsheet of actions at all tables throughout the entire event. For the uh, for the first sorry for the first two hours of the event, so Marco then basically put this on two plus two, said internet do your thing, and uh, back then Poker X Factor was the MTT training site owned by Johnny Bax. They created uh, an online replayer uh, video of all the hands that Pot River played. So basically, people come through. They went through every hand that he played, and now it became abundantly clear that uh cheating was occurring now if i'm not mistaken uh i'm mostly pulling a lot of these details out of a poker news article but if i'm not mistaken i believe gaucho um was also one of the early whistleblowers who caught him uh potentially cheating heads up uh so back then i think it was like gaucho and um Prahlad were like two of the biggest victims that pot ripper took advantage of heads up uh so Things uh, like kind of shake out over the next few months. And in November 2007, Absolute announced that through an internal audit, they identified seven accounts Pot Ripper, Grayscale, Steamroller, uh, Double Drag, Payup, Supercast 55, and Romaldo. Um, so maybe some of those were the ones that were involved in the heads up. I'm not sure. Uh, but they had all cheated over a 40 day period beginning back in August. The site said that there was no evidence or current past existence of super using account, but agreed to refund $1.6 million oh, to wow. cheaters. So this was a way, yeah. way yeah. bigger yeah. deal. And they just had to come out of pocket for that. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't know if those accounts made off with the money or not. Um, but eventually, uh, the Pot Ripper account was traced back to their. Uh, Costa Rican offices and attributed to Russ Hamilton, which mm. was uh, eventually what you know kind of brought him to his knees in the poker community. Now, let's be clear: nothing ever happened to him. No, no. Uh, maybe he's ostracized, but like none of us could pick him out of a fucking lineup anyway. Mm -hmm. So if he's some old man coffee down at the Jewel, right. you know, <laughs> no one's gonna know. Do you imagine? 
uh, <clears throat> and w- as far as the 1.6 million goes, maybe he made off of it. Yeah. Who knows? Right. Who knows? It's like you stole 1.6 million and you're not in jail. Like, and we know you did it. And back then they were what? making so much money. Yeah. That it's almost, uh, I, I'm putting myself in the position of like the, the higher ups at absolute and, and, and UB, right? Like say, say we're running solve for why and we hire Russ Hamilton as, as a, a consultant. Right. And you know, we're making like, I don't know. What, what do you think they were pulling in back then? Three million a month, four million a month, maybe a lot, yeah. something along those lines, yeah. 40 to 50 million a year, something along those lines. Right. And then we find out that this consultant had stolen 1.6 million from our clientele, which is now going to be like a half a percent mm-hmm. of our total revenue for the year. Kind of just pay to move on. Yeah. Guess, you know, right. Like, Hey guys, sorry, we're going to do our best. Uh, let's refund everything mm-hmm. and move on. Right. It's probably not bad business. Uh, now it's not great for the community. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. And it's not great for trust, mm-hmm. which is ultimately what allows you to continue to earn that much month over right. month. And that's why I think I want to I, I want to draw a clear line uh, in the sand between what happened back then and uh, what happened now, based off of uh, the, the the GG hacking, because trust is is Im- it's so important to this community to have anything uh, you know function as is, and GG is one of the biggest clients in the world right now, so. Uh, if they're going to be dragged, they should be dragged for what they're responsible for and not for uh, the implication that it's some sort of inside job and they're no longer a trustworthy site type of thing. Um, so effectively, like now that we're able to understand that this was not a super user situation, this was just a one-off hacking or maybe not a one-off hacking, we're not really sure. Um, I, I think we should kind of like dissect a little bit of like how this was found out and then point to what the response was, because that's kind of what matters the most whenever it comes to being, uh, I I guess a customer uh, of a site like this. So obviously the community turned a lot of, um, uh, shined a lot of light on this and deserve to be uh, applauded for finding out another bad guy. Are you talking about UB or GG? GG. Um, uh, well both, but gg in this instance and i i respect gg a lot for pointing that out in their response so they said would also like to thank the poker community uh the instant this incident further provi- proves the power of our community and the poker players hive minds as a constructive community feedback gave us good confidence in resolving the issue we'll continue to take community feedback seriously and open our ears and all comments uh and suggestions let's build a safe and fu- uh, let's build a safe future together i think that's really important uh, assuming that they mean it and that they live up to that because what we've seen in the last six months is a lot of policing taking place on the community side and not a lot of response on the client side, right? Uh, we saw this whole thing roll out with GTO Wizard Fair Play Check and obviously the initial uh, rollout was a little bit clunky and we got a lot of false positives, but eventually uh, the the process kind of refined itself and we were actually able to suss out a couple people that were you know unfairly rtaing most specifically project baby on uh global Global. yeah Yeah. uh and initially there was pushback from so much the the ceo from global right uh i don't know if it was the ceo wasn't the ceo someone they they, they would never speak on their own behalf (laughs) um but yeah it was it was uh david lyons at, at uh global was the one kind of providing the community response and we're kind of seeing the opposite from gg correct now 
let's you know call a spade a spade this is just a general press release written by you know whoever yeah, somebody uh, who gets paid to do this sort correct of yeah. so you know we we need to see the follow-through here i think um in order to maintain high confidence that they really do have our best interest in mind but uh you know we we did see them kind of negotiate with the high stakes players when it came to uh mitigating the high rake and doing what was best for that ecosystem uh now granted it took a uh a bit of a, a push from us uh, a boycott of sorts yeah but the fact that they're open and they're willing to uh acknowledge and listen to their consumer is a very different change of pace from what we're accustomed to seeing right a lot of the other clients that we deal with are very brash and very much treat the the clientele as though they're kind of just you know rats and uh i i use that term because uh this this is a bit of an aside but when i was coming up in baseball um you know you get to know a couple of the umpires here and there and i became pretty good friends with uh one of the umps that would do our summer league games also uh was uh, a minor league ump so once once um you know like double a or whatever would end he'd come to the tail end of summer ball and and do like our playoffs and stuff and i talked to him and he go you know what we call uh the the the, the quote-unquote superstars of of double and triple a that are about to get called up i'm like no what he's like rats <laughs> i'm like what do you mean he's like stars backwards i'm like why he's like because they're the most insufferable people on earth to deal with <laughs> and it's like it, it, the parallel is kind of there in the sense that you know the umpire has all the power mm -hmm. Gigi the client has all the power and uh, it's it's only the stars or the collective community as a whole that has big enough voice to try to negotiate or influence that sort of power so so far I think that everything has been handled like pretty well uh, I think Gigi deserves a ton of credit for actually exposing what was vulnerable most times we just see this release being very generic saying like somebody was caught doing something nefarious we're not going to tell you what it was we're not going to tell you who it affected so not a lot of transparency very almost, very almost none almost yeah. none right um and i think that they went above and beyond in this instance saying like okay here's exactly what happened and this is what we these are the steps that we took in order to uh ensure that you're safe moving forward now that is that's good on their part i think though because like you don't want the whole community going out thinking that there actually is a super user. Correct. Right? right? So it's like you're looking, so they kind of just laid it out and said, listen, this isn't the super user. It's a, it's a, a different situation. And I think that's why they went that route. Yes. And I'm not sure if you're you're leading up to this or not, but in the UB spot, um, the reason things got found out is because people started digging in, like Correct. doing research, right? Yeah. Now with GG Poker, is it their security team that actually found this? Or was it again, like the squeaky wheel needs to get some oil? Right. So I think it's both. Uh, and I say that because, you know, we kind of already prefaced this a little bit, but um, they just ban winners. So I think that this account would have disappeared. Now, whether or not it would have disappeared because of the reasons that were later found out or not is a totally different story, right? They may never have found the vulnerability in the thumbs up, thumbs down hack if it weren't for the public pressure and all of these threads being created on 2 plus 2, leaking information leaking hand histories i mean like the due diligence that the community did here was very impressive right and, and for me i think that's the scariest part the scariest part for me is that like definitely kudos to gg but the scary part is that you didn't catch the part where like there was a vulnerability and the vulnerability came because of 
community and not so much as GG security team. Well, we're not positive, right? Like we didn't catch, here, here's the thing. Yes, they did. They caught it. We didn't know it was the thumbs up, thumbs down mechanism, right? We just pointed them in a direction of saying like, you have a super user. Yeah. Right. We, we jumped to a far right. extreme. Is the onus on us to tell them to, to do that though? No, 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 no. But my point is, is that uh, we can't jump so far as to say that they, they had a vulnerability that they would have never found. Um, because all it took was one account that's winning too much for them to very quickly find where the vulnerability was. So, uh, it is a give and take. And I, I hear what you're saying because I, I do think that that's a valid point where as a big business, and we have to acknowledge like what's going on on the client side of things. Uh, these are big businesses, you know, they're, they're pushing billion dollar businesses, if not more than, um, the, you, you just, you accept some like, you just accept some like negligence. You accept some level of um, flaws in your system and some loss rate, right? So it's like if somebody is stealing $15,000 every three months from, from your clientele, you're not going to, it's, I, I hate to frame this as like they're the <laughs> yeah. bad guys because I don't, I don't view it that way. Right. It's just, you're so big, like that's crumbs on the floor. You don't notice it. You know what I mean? Like it, it's just like a little bit of dust in the in the corner that you overlooked when you were doing housekeeping. Uh, that type of stuff is going to happen. There's a small parallel here. Um, like Amazon does the same thing. Like with people who like kind of abuse the return policy. Like Amazon doesn't give a shit about Correct. people return. Like it, it's like point zero 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 five percent of their total profit. Like yeah, they, they just don't care. Probably add another six zeros on there. But yeah, <laughs> um, right. So so that's the thing. It's like. That's where we do become a very important part of this whole process is that we're, we're the mice. We're, we're very capable of seeing the dirt in the corner and sussing it out to them, you know, kind of reporting it back. So the fact that the, the, the big thing that is worth highlighting is that they have open lines of communication with the community, I think. Now, now that I've said all these flowery things and, uh, you know, kind of given them their props for how they handled this thing, like we have to be very critical too. This this flaw existed for something very stupid. Yeah, for like the thumbs up. Yeah, uh, like, yeah. And look, they're trying to be innovative. They're trying to gamify mm -hmm. things. That's really yeah. sharp. That's why I was a little confused. I was like, why why is there even a thing in their system that shows the equities? And then because I didn't really understand exactly. I've that, never played on GG, right. so like I don't. I don't is that really for all it. in moments? Like when you go all I in? I believe so. Okay. Yeah, I, I believe it's so that the equities are available uh, when you're. When you're all in. So when you're all in, they just pop the equities just pop up on the screen so you know right. how, what you're sweating. Yeah. Okay. And it seems like they've corrected this as far as I understand. Either they've not passed those packets on the client side any longer. Mm -hmm. uh, or they found a better way to protect them. I'm not yeah. I'm not entirely sure. Obviously they're not going to divulge their methods either. Um but in any event, like your point's very valid. The more the more bells and whistles you add to something the more vulnerabilities that you potentially have. So, uh, you know, uh, again, I haven't programmed in 20 years. So like I, <laughs> I'm by no means an authority on this, but like when I think about how you build, uh, you know, the initial algorithms, like how, how you, how you frame out what it is that you want your product to be. Um, when it comes to security, I think that you want like whatever that base code is that encompasses the gameplay and everything else i think you want the majority of your security to just be like locked in there and untouchable yeah. right now when you add new things they just become layers on top of that code that don't have any interaction but the thing is is that you know in a lot of instances there are plenty of shortcuts that can be taken which 
speed up a process of getting a new uh, a new shiny bell or whistle released. Uh, you know, coders are always going to look for the most efficient way mm-hmm. to to solve a problem. And sometimes the most efficient way is like to, you know, attach these packets to the thumbs up, thumbs down mechanism. And then that might leave you vulnerable. So, you know, at the end of the day, there is uh, a lot of blame still to be doled out um, on, on the client side of things, right? Like Guapo pointed out, would they have found this had we not shined a light on it? I don't know, right? I, I, I don't really know. Um, secondary thing is, are there other potential vulnerabilities? Is that why we have this list of uh, winners that all disappear after 15,000 hands? Again, I don't know. Maybe that's just them. Well, here's the thing. It's it's two-part question, right? One, are they disappearing after 15,000 hands because GG is kicking them off the site? I would suppose the answer to that is yes. Right, because if you're winning money, why stop? Right. So two then becomes... Uh, how are they winning all of this money over a 15,000 hand sample? Is it through hacking? Is it through RTAing? Is it through card sharing, colluding? Like studying. What methodology are they utilizing to cheat? Or is it on the up and up, right? And some of these win rates are astronomical, so it's almost certain that they weren't on the up and up. Right. But now it becomes a matter of like, through what nefarious method are they utilizing? And then lastly, how is GG addressing this, right? So personally... The next step that I would like to see is I would like to see some sort of statement addressing this list of winners and, you know, kind of uh, making us understand what is taking place to allow these winners to exist and why they're disappearing. Yeah. And it's like when they disappear, are they freezing their accounts and then holding that money? What are they doing with like, right? It's not like they just disappear. They take the money and leave because that's, that's not a good thing either. Right. Right. Because someone just makes an account waits till they get banned and then it creates another one and do you so think forth. their stop loss is too high do you think fifteen thousand hands is enough to go okay this is clearly a big enough sample size where we need to take them off the site well you have to have some sort of well, like right. you have to have a big enough sample right. size because, because if they just play go five thousand hands and go god mode which we've all been there like yeah you can't sometimes you just go on a rush well, right so it has to be i, th- I, I would there think has to be a sweet spot the other yeah. the other thing you have to remember is they're not just like looking to to kick off outliers. It's not like they're just right. looking for the guy with 90 exactly. big blind per hundred win rate at 15,000 hands. They're kicking off guys that are probably winning like seven. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so it's like, I, and that, that's a totally separate conversation. Like, mm-hmm. is that good, bad, you know, are they segregating pools? Like I know WPT global segregates pools by win rate. Um, this is just like the new age of online that we're dealing with where, Wait, on WPT, if you're a fish, you get to play with other fish? Correct. Oh, shit. That's pretty cool. So, there, but it is, but it for, creates I mean, a the, lot. For the fish, I'm saying. Yeah, but it creates a lot of incentive to continually create and recycle new accounts. So, it now puts a lot of pressure oh, okay. on their security. That's not to say people are doing it. I understand. Or are even capable of doing it, but I'm saying it's another area where, like, they have to add a because layer of security. Because a new account isn't going to be thrown in with the walls. Always going to get the open, gotcha. open, the open pool, I suppose. Yep. Um... So yeah, it, it's 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 a lot. Um, I think that I think like the biggest takeaway that I have from my perspective is that uh, the community remains undefeated, right? Like you can say what you want about uh, the the Robbie Garrett situation. You know, we're all still relatively divided, and uh, everybody can have their own opinion, and you know, whatever comes of it comes of it. But the fact of the matter is the response from the community, even in that situation, was a massive net positive. 
it it made everybody re-examine what the protocols are for streaming. It made everybody change and alter their confidence in streams that aren't operating under the guidelines of Nevada gaming or uh, New Jersey gaming if you're in Atlantic City, right? Because giving us the platform even to just speak on that for weeks on end where it's like, listen, there are two states in America that have policies so strict that once you go into the peak room, you're locked in there until the stream ends. Yeah. Uh, in in AC, if you're a commentator, you don't get out of the booth. They literally lock you in. You don't get out of the booth till the event ends. Wow. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like the 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 protocols in place in regulated environments are so strict and uh, so diligent in ensuring that there aren't vulnerabilities that it made us re- or reminded us, I should say that there's a lot of people who were operating in the wild, wild west. And we were just willingly showing up hand over, with money hand over fist. You know what I mean? This is kind of that again, right? Where it's like with Gigi kind of showing a little bit of their vulnerabilities here, it does remind us that, okay, none of these clients are going to be perfect. But if we are diligent as a community and we stay on top of things they're and, willing to listen yeah and we point out anomalies and you know we come to them with evidence hopefully they're going to be willing to listen and there is going to be a divide right there at some point there's going to be a divide between the sites that hear us and respond versus the sites that hear us and tell us to go fuck ourselves mm-hmm. right now i don't think we're there yet i think that it's really messy on the client side i think that you know Again, some things are just too small for them to care about, and that's unfortunate for us, especially if you're the one affected. Um, but, you know, uh, wh- whenever push comes to shove, it's going to have to start to gravitate one way or the other. When you get a response like Global had, where it's, you're all overreacting, you're dead wrong, our security team's on this, there's no way he's cheating. And then a month later, a response of like, so Project Baby was found to be cheating. <laughs> yeah. uh, we're going to give partial refunds where basically he stole hundreds of thousands and we're going to give, you know, 10 K back to the affected people. Like nobody got more than a $600 refund. What are we talking about here? Yeah. Somebody RTAs for months. They're going to make a lot of money. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's a, it's a pretty big edge to have. Unfortunately, this is the direction that online poker is currently moving. I know I beat this drum a lot, but I do think that there are a lot of people at the top that have heavy interest in both keeping online poker healthy and moving it along into the future. So whether or not that's going to be viable is going to come down to first and foremost security, in my opinion, because this is absolutely a trust-based business. Uh, nothing is going to pull people in more than uh, being a site that they feel comfortable putting their money on. Same is going to hold true for sports betting. To a lesser degree, obviously, it's, it's not as easy to cheat, but the trust between client and, and uh, clientele is the number one predictor of who's going to win the, the sports betting arms race, yeah. right? Um, man. All right. Let's move on to uh, this quick story uh, about Munker Guy. We, we kind of led with it in the early part, but I do want to wrap up some of the details. Uh, so the long and short of it is that... Um, I don't know his real name, but I do know he's a high stakes uh, reg. Uh, let's let's call him Smiley. <laughs> Smiley, that's pretty close. I mean, I think it's like Smilly. 
if I had to guess. There's like definitely not two L's in smile. Um, there are now. But yeah, if, anyway, my apologies, uh, respect to, to the, the high stakes reg. But uh, he was running a server <laughs> off of Munker Guy, um, and he made a, <laughs> what he calls a small error. <laughs> <laughs> Turned out to be a pretty big one. Um, but he accidentally was trying to send a USDT transfer to one of his friends or whatever, um, but sent it to the address through which he paid Munker Guy for his service. Um, and I guess this had happened sometime early November. Uh, okay. L let me get Daniel's name. I'm going to, I'm going to give it a shot. Daniel Smilakovich. There you go. I think I nailed it. Done. I think I nailed it. Sounds okay. right. You know what? Landon's not here to correct me, so mm -hmm. um, So he sent $21,744 USDT by mistake to the address that uh, was supposedly held by Munker Guy. Now, uh, he, he followed up and reached out to Munker Guy, basically said, uh, you know, I can see that it arrived on the blockchain. Um, I, I need you to send this money back. Munker Guy then responded and said, sorry, that address belongs to a friend. Uh, I don't actually have... A USDT wallet. Uh, I just usually will accept crypto payment and then exchange it for PayPal or another uh, online source. So whether it was a friend or somebody that he just did a swap with, uh, did business with, whatever the case may be, uh, it was not his. Um, it was not his account. Uh, now the issue was, he said that he then reached out and his friend or acquaintance or whoever owned the account said that uh the account was frozen for kyc purposes so effectively he was saying that the address went to an exchange right. and uh for kyc or know your customer purposes that account got frozen and he had no access to the twenty one thousand. um and again this is an instance of the community kind of rallying behind just what's right just and moral uh so effectively once that came out into the public, everybody just said, yo, you got to give the money back. You don't want to burn your business to the ground based off of $21,000. This is ridiculous kind of thing. Uh, Munker guy then replied and said, um, you know, the best I can do is offer you a $200 a month uh, discount on the <laughs> server. I can extend that to your friend as well since you're both running one. Uh, Smilakovich said, no, not going to happen. Uh, just GG, get out of here. Munker guy then put out a long response to Polk and a few others. He said, I don't have the money. I didn't ask him to send this money and I don't owe him any money. For context, here are more details. 21K was not meant to be sent to Munker guy. The address, the address it was sent to was not a Munker guy wallet. Um, Smilly uh, realized his mistake three days later, told us what happened, asked us to return the USDT. We've been trying to resolve the issue and get the money back for him. Uh, this has been going on for more than a month. Pretty sick of thinking about it. He thought threatening and posting publicly would help. I guess it's a free rule for him to try to get some money back. The entire thing is pretty fucked up in my opinion. Um, I could understand why he would be frustrated, but I can also like from a business perspective, understand that like if you're a legitimate business, your payment processes are your responsibility. Right. Yeah. Like he's thinking like, well, you fucked up and sent this to an address that's not mine. And now I'm responsible for giving you the money back. How's that? And you know, how's that my problem? Right. Which in a peer to peer world is very reasonable. Right. But he must have given him that address at some point. Correct. Right. So it's like, you you did have interaction with this address and this this payment process, so you kind of are on the hook. 
Yeah, so there's a, there's a few things that I think are worth noting. Like, if his business were just peer-to-peer, and, like, he didn't advertise, he didn't have a legit LLC, uh, you know, he's not a corporation, he's just a guy that you're risking doing business with, mm-hmm. then, yeah, you know, like, he doesn't have anything to burn to the ground. Although, maybe he does, because it's still going to be a very trust-based business. Yeah. And you don't want to know that you can just get fucked at any... any like who would trust renting something from someone like that? Right. Right. Because the result is that like, maybe he just rugs you one day. Right. And you know, your server disappears. Right. Or maybe you can't trust them to maintain them, whatever the case may be. Right. So, um, but when, once you become a, once you become a legitimized business, you have a responsibility to the payment processing. Right. So if we put a crypto address on our site and say, we accept Bitcoin mm-hmm. and you send it to that address by mistake, well, we obviously have the means to just send it right back. Right. If our response is actually, we don't own that address. Right. Uh, that just goes to another third party, third party payment processor who refuses to do business with you. That's our problem. Because if that is the case, I'm on the hook. Mm-hmm. Right. If you pay for an academy seat and you decide that you want to cancel and you did it through a Bitcoin address that we put on the site and I say, sorry, like that's actually not even ours. Right. Uh, that's owned by somebody else and he doesn't want to do it. Like, I'm on the hook. I have to give you your money back. Like, mm-hmm. that's just the way that it works. Uh, and Munker Guy really didn't seem like he wanted to acknowledge any responsibility in this um, from a business perspective, which I think is very problematic. Now, whether he came to his senses or the fact that people started doxing him in uh, the threads uh, pushed him over the edge, at the end of it all, it was resolved. So the last tweet he put out was Munker guy has come to an agreement with the person who received the money uh, that was sent by mistake. The money will be repaid in full. Uh, then there were some uh, screenshots put up demonstrating that the money had been in fact paid in full. Uh, and I think Smolakovich uh, also confirmed that he had received the funds. So eventually everything shook out. But again, I think this is a great example of like public pressure pu- putting people in a position to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, again, I don't know what Munker guy had to jump through. Like, I don't know what hoops he had to jump through to ensure that this got paid off. Maybe this did cost him something. It, it might have, might have. He might have just said, you know what? I'm going to eat the the 21K to save my business. Right. You know, or maybe maybe he was able to make a, a deal with the, the, the other person who who received the money. Uh, so we, yeah. we don't really know, I guess, but he, he did make it uh, right. So that's good. Yeah, it looks like he paid the money back just in time for the person to buy the dip this morning. So that's Oh, good. we got a dip. Oh, well, we got a dip. How big of a dip? Well, there was $500 million worth of liquidations. Wow. Uh, yeah, just cracked there, there 45 a, yesterday. There, what happened? It cracked 45 and then um, uh, a report came out that uh, the, uh, the EFT was going to be... Um, uh, it was going to be denied by the SEC. So, mm. um, but it looks like the report was false, maybe not not accurate. So, it mm, little fud. Up. But yeah, but little but fud, if you the will. market was super. Love some good fud. Some good fud is good. Well, the problem was the the market, the crypto market in general, was super over leveraged. Right, way as, as way, they tend to be, as they tend to be. But like. It's always leverage, but this is this was like really over leverage. And once that you know that that news came out, it dipped and it just started you know liquidating people, and then all of a sudden it dipped to like like forty thousand, but then it recovered to like. 40, just 40, to go on a really really small tangent, you would think that putting people on blast like publicly would like change the way that they operate, but uh, your boy Ethan 
got another offer. Oh no. <laughs> Dustin oh, no. DeCloza. Okay. Coming back. Apparently he wants to see if uh Rampage wants to go into business again and uh Oh no. I don't think Rampage is gonna go for it. Oh no. Well <laughs> GG. He tried. Yeah. <laughs> Respect to that man. Uh, I don't even want to get into to the. <laughs> but I mean, the balls on this guy. Rampage like, needs mm-hmm. a money manager so goddamn bad. <laughs> I mean, I know he's doing a lot of it for the memes, but like he was in some like egg slut coin that just like he egg bought it. <laughs> he bought it like peak top, and it went oh, to zero no. almost immediately. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, like he's on the wrong side of the pump and dump every single time. Like, come on, bro. Like you, you can't be a top signal for everything. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, I guess I'm gonna be buying a little Bitcoin today. Uh, happy, happy. Everything is resolved. Happy. Everybody is getting compensated in mm-hmm. some sort of fair capacity in all events. You know, it's nice to actually report some happy endings, uh, with, with some of these scandals. We're not getting out of here today without putting someone in the muck. And oh, no. Guapo, it wouldn't be a new year if, uh, if your ass wasn't in the muck. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's cue it up. It Wapo. is my turn. I'm happy to bring in the new Wapo, year. You with, won uh, this hand. Well, I did win this hand. You're in the muck. I did this win, and I was I was almost certain that I won the absolute most money that I could. But Berkey just Berkey overheard. Thinks, he, he 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 <laughs> casually overheard the, the the hand history, and he's like, "Wait, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't hear hardly hear any <laughs> but I'm details." Almost certain but you, you definitely did not win the maximum. <laughs> well, all right. Well, let's we'll run let, through we'll, this hand. We'll let, yeah. the, uh, we'll let the audience decide. Mm-hmm. My Where are we at? We're at the jewel. My fellow one-two players out here, yeah. All right. All right, we're at the jewel. Huh? Okay. I gave well, you a spoiler, but yep. let's see. All right. One-two. You didn't move yeah. up the two-three yet, I see. And uh, obviously, we have a limper because we're at the jewel. Sure. I ISO with the king queen off. Okay. My boy Todd next to me calls. Love it. Lover of uh, watcher of the pod. Excuse me. Shout out to Todd. Yeah. Old man up, coffee Todd? in the small blind calls. Okay, as they do. Original limper says no mas. Good flop. OMC checks, and there's 35 in the middle, so obviously I go with the $5 bet. Hate you. Yeah. Go on. Todd <laughs> is a smart man. He knows that this is only value, so he goes away. OMC decides to call. Is this only value? Well, yes, but don't tell anybody. You just told everybody. <laughs> I know, so, so stop repeating. All right, let me, let me pause. This, this is a small bet board, correct? Let me pause right here. Uh, but, yes, yes. But it's not uh, six of the pot. <laughs> no, it's fine. Small. It's fine. It, it, okay, look, you can never go too small. Okay, that's, that's what she said. Uh, uh, if you're going to bet $5, for God's sakes, bet everything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You bet like, What are you not betting for right. five bucks? Right. Okay. I see what you're saying. Okay, go on. Let's continue. <laughs> Have we taught you nothing? Um, <laughs> Can you start wearing that T-shirt every time you go play will, at the jewel? Yeah. Okay. At least Turn every time you is do a it beautiful deuce of hearts. OMC checks, and we hit him with. Well, why not? Let's just do five dollars again, guys. Okay. We're trying to induce here. All right, this works online. Okay. All right. This works um, online. No, it doesn't. And of course, because I am the one-two pro, it works. Okay. OMC makes it 40. Obviously, we're just going to call here. Mm -hmm. We put in the call. OMC sees the five of spades on the river. He decides to give up. 
And I decide I'm going to make the absolute Wait, most now money. What, now, what did you say you wanted to do here? Wait, say that again? You said you... Because I know what you did. You wanted to bet $5 here. He did. He wanted to bet five again. I just wanted to know what is the absolute most I could extract at this point. Um, So clearly, I think he has something like an eight or he's just deciding to click buttons. But I want to give him a really good price. So I decide to go $15. $15 into this this $125 pot. And he goes into the tank and eventually... Three minute tank. Gives me three gallons of gas. Voila. Or and this is why no. I'm winning at $33 an hour no, at it's one not. two, ladies. No, no, no it absolutely You're winning $33 an hour at that game because your sample size is $100. <laughs> hello, Henry. How are you? Oh, hello. Oh, we got a special guest. Special guest. Thank you. Oh. Mm. Thanks for Hi. being here and Let's jumping go. in front of my shot. Yeah, why not? Why not? Senor Kilbane. Man. Thank you, Poppy. If uh, right, if that doesn't demonstrate the power of celebrity, we just mm-hmm. interrupt the in the muck segment. <laughs> the Henry Cobain goodbye. When you got it, you got it. Travel right. safe, young man. Hey, so you're saying you're saying you don't you're saying you don't like this, Matt. You don't think I got the absolute most I could have possibly got out of this uh, out of this gentleman? Uh, I hate most decisions in this hand. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um. All right. I think that. I think there's a few things I want to address that have absolutely nothing to do with what's theoretically correct and okay. has everything to do with the way that you think about these spots. Okay. Uh, and the issue occurs in the imbalance of how you view value versus how you view uh, the desire to bluff or the desire to have bluffs. Um, and we can just start with like the $5 bet on the flop. When you say that this is only value... It means that you have already lopped off uh, an entire portion of the game tree from that point moving forward, right? So when you see a flop of like queen, queen, eight, you have a lot of very natural bets here, but you could also just play pure check because you're out of position in a multi-way pot. doesn't sure. really matter. But So yeah, so normally I, I would play check here 100% of the time. But again, I'm just thinking I want to make money. Well, yeah. So then why would you... If, <laughs> Okay, go ahead. If I'm, when, just, I'm just setting you up, buddy. I'm just when you, you I, I understand. <laughs> if when you have a queen, you think you make more money by betting, why then would you want to check when you don't have a queen? You just want to take the line that makes money with range, right? You don't want to hand play because that doesn't work. You become predictable and obvious and then end up in the muck. Mm. Uh, what you want to do is you want to, no matter what action you take, like look, multi-way pots, you're not going to have high C-bet frequencies when you're the out-of-position player. You're just, Correct. you're going to be like around a 30% betting frequency on good boards like this uh, and far less on wet boards or, or connected boards, right? So you're going to majority check, but you have to understand the way that the game works is we don't just decide to bet or to check and then all of our hands fit neatly into that decision in that moment right we actually have to kind of craft and curate uh, a strategy that's built around core hands that want to do things at a higher frequency so in other words let's say that the global betting frequency on queen queen eight when you're out of position multi-way is like 25 percent so and that might even be a little high right um i i would guess it's probably about right but it might be like 20%. 
Um, but it's a pretty advantageous board for the preflop progressor. So uh, it's going to be one of the higher C-bet boards. So let's say that you're betting with your... Your range is betting about a quarter of the time here and checking 75% of the time. You will have hands within that range that are betting like close to pure, right? They just happen to be the, the bulk of what, can, of what constitutes your betting strategy. So they're, they're what is built around, right? So let's say ace-queen bets most of the time, like 75% of the time. That's a core hand that we know is going to derive and drive our betting strategy. So then what we want to do is we want to build other hands that can also bet without uh, sacrificing any EV. So you want to find some hands that are zero EV to bet. In other words, they mix bets and checks. So like the 9, 10 of clubs, 9, 10 of... Exactly. Yeah, like, 10 like space, ace highs with a backdoor. Yeah. Exactly. No, I understand. Precisely. So maybe, maybe I was being a little... Well, well, what I'm saying is that when you bet $5, now you're not, you're not building your strategy around some core group of value, right? Because for $5, you can bet 10s. You can bet 9s. You can bet deuces. I can also use those 9 10s, right? Like those 9 10s and those 10 jacks. You could just bet everything. Okay, yeah. You're yeah. betting so small. When you, yeah, right, right. That, those, those small, small bets, 20%, sub 20%, it's, you're betting range. Literally your entire range. Right. Right. So it's like everything you opened with, you're now betting $5, right? Or so if you want to choose certain hands, then you just bet bigger. Sure. Right? Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, For me, the biggest takeaway is going to be on the river with something that you said that was, I thought, pretty right. important. Right. Okay. So, so again, like the, the $5 bet multi-way, not that big of a deal. Uh, it, it's fine to choose a small size here. Uh, I think it's like relatively reasonable and, you know, whatever. I would probably cap out at like half putt anyway. Um, if I were being very particular about like how I was building my betting strategy and I was mostly checking, then yeah, I probably bet like half pot, but okay, fine. We bet small, get called by the small blind. Now you shouldn't just like immediately range him to only having showdown value. Of course, he should have a lot of backdoor peels, especially after the, the initial fold of the hijack, right? He has a huge, huge chunk of his range. Correct. Left, right. Correct. You bet, but you bet his folding so frequency. Small, yeah. His he, folding frequency right. might be like 20%. Yeah. Maybe less. Right. right? So 80% of his, you know, big blind, what do you, he came small from? Blind. Small, blind, small blind. Small blind. A small blind range, which is probably it's wide, condensed. Which, all, it's wide, but it's, it's, it's more condensed than it would be from the big blind. It's more condensed than it would be from the big blind, but it's also wider in these games. It's wider than what, what theory looks Correct. like. Correct. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, like he's going to have a lot of peels. He's going to have inferior Queens. He's going to have, uh, you know, draws a lot of backdoor, Broadway a lot of backdoor stuff, Broadway yeah. stuff, a lot of eight X, a lot of pocket pairs, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Okay. So now the turn comes off, uh, a brick heart bringing backdoors and he checks to you. So the deuce of hearts, this only completes pocket deuces, which now has you beaten. Um, he checks to you and your this is the thing that I want to really poke holes in is your instinct is he can't have anything. I want him to put a lot of money in the pot. Do you see the contradiction there? Say that again. He can't have anything and I want him to put a lot of money in the pot. I want him to click buttons. Yeah. I want him to be aggravated. I want him to just, I mean, obviously we're you not, talk, we're not like talking about theory at this out, point. Right? We're just no, talking about exploit. Not. We're just talking about just knowing your customer and wanting him to just do something silly. But, but the issue is you're not talking about exploit. You're not talking about knowing your customer. 
you're talking about your desire and simply that you believe people's emotional tendency is to react with aggression when faced with something annoying. And that could be true. I mean, listen, you're a live guy. You tell me, is there any truth to what I'm saying? Um, and, I mean, let's be honest. I think, like, I like, think very You know little. you can induce people. I don't believe... I, I think that there are... I think you can do things that cause mistakes. Okay. Um, and you did say this was an old man coffee, right? So, yeah. like, he's less likely to... Uh, right well, or no? A, he, I mean, was, I don't. I don't know who the right. guy was. He, he, he was, was more of a grumpy OMC, and he was he was splashing around. He, like he was he was fighting back. Hmm. Big shout out to JJ hitting us with the super chat. He said, "Welcome back, glad to see you." It wasn't Francis, was it? No, <laughs> not Francis. Francis. No. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he's about eighty six, and he will. He, he's he, feisty. You sh he will. He he will. Go, go. If you bet five dollars, he might make it two hundred. <laughs> okay, so yeah. I I mean, here's the thing, like, right. like. Yes, you can do things that are annoying to your customer, so to speak. Sure. That will result in them potentially doing something that they otherwise wouldn't have. And generally, this revolves around creating uh, some sort of way where calling is not an option for them to win. Right? So if you bet half pot, he can call with an eight and sometimes win because you're bluffing when you have half pot. But if you bet $5, he can't really call in his mind with an eight any longer because you're probably not bluffing for that size. Or at least if think, you are... I think that's debatable, but yeah. Sure. Well, it's not about what you actually do. It's about perception now because this is all what you're trying to manipulate, right? The whole quote-unquote I'm inducing is uh, it, it's a play upon people's emotion. It's thinking that you can generate an emotional response based off of a mechanic, right? So mechanically, you're betting... 10% of the pot and what you're hoping for is emotionally he says fuck this guy and just smashes a bunch of money into the middle mm -hmm. and then when you have traps you just get to snap and when you have other things you just get to like whatever fold it doesn't matter and like yeah this is a nice parlor trick and it's a great way to realize equity especially out of position but in position it really doesn't serve you all that well like it's effectively the same as checking back the only difference is that you open up or you reopen the action for him. So now you are a lot more uh now now you are a lot more likely to have value because you're giving him the option to reopen the action. And you're very unlikely to do that with a hand like an eight. Sure. Yeah. Or nines or, you know, a, a now open an, or gut shot flush draw, like nine, ten of hearts. You don't really want to reopen the action unless it's um giving you a lot of fold equity. That's why it's never great to like go quarter pot on the river when you're in position for thin value, right? Because you're reopening the action. So you, you, you always going to go like half pot or. Yeah. So I guess the big thing that I'm leaning into here that I, I find to be troublesome is this notion that you can pull the puppet strings, right? So like when he just folds for the $5 and we're talking about this hand, you can't feel good about, about the action, right? Because it just means that he had a hand like uh, 6-5 of clubs and turned nothing, right? Right. Now he just mucked 6-high. And, you know, now you might be replaying in your mind like, oh, I should have checked and given him a little bit more rope. And, you know, maybe then he can make an error on the river. The problem when you focus on that portion of your range is how do you stack a queen here? 
So in this exact scenario, are you talking about when he has a queen here? Like, let's say when yeah. he has like queen jack or queen 10? Yeah. Right. I mean, he's going to do all the heavy lifting for me, right? Is he? I think so. Okay, I mean, well, he makes it 40. Yeah. And you call. Yeah. River bricks. He has queen 10. And he decides that you have a lot of nothing. You missed hearts. Okay. You missed straight draws. And then you also have queen X. So he checks. And you, you choose. You well, hold on a second, because let's not just gloss over this. If, if, <laughs> if he has queen 10, Matt, and we're playing 1-2 at the jewel, like, I'm not going to see a check here very often, dude. Why not? Yeah, why, just, why can't he go down? Why can't Brian, he go down the sure. same logic? Absolutely. You have to bat for me on this. No, like, I'm, I'm dead serious. They, they, they might check raise there, and then when you call, they're like, oh, he might have a higher, better queen than me. I better play it safe. Or okay. he just check missed. Call. Or he just missed and can't call. Like, it's so right. easy to jump to the, if I bet he can't call worse. Right, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with, with, with Berkey here. I mean, I no, I get it. Some people might just be like, oh, I got him. But well, with a 10 kicker, they're like, mm, you know. And even if they say I got him, he bets 40 again, probably. Yeah. It's not like he jams. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right. No, I'm not jamming. Um, no, not you. Him. No, but then when you jam. 124 here. Um, he just snaps you off with yeah, better I'm and probably going like, worse. I'm probably like going 75, 80. Wait. You went 15. No, I understand that. I'm saying if I really believe that this gentleman has a queen. You don't, that's, the, that's the whole press. This is the crux of the... That, that's the yeah. entire crux of the muck here. Why could he never have a queen there? Right. In you this, don't get in to your, believe. In this exact situation, like, why, why did you think he, he doesn't have a queen here? It's called brown magic. <laughs> because he has a queen. How could the other guy have a queen? That's kind There's of the, only one left. That's kind of the point. If you look at this spot in theory, what where where your win rate is mostly being derived from is his bluffs and his queen. Right? So it's the times that he has a queen and he can pay, and it's the times that he has a bluff and he chooses the double barrel. So uh you know, you could make a case for the small bet on the turn. And I do think it's a reasonable one to just like, you know, again, half pot there instead of polarizing. Um, but the issue is that there's no real case for a small bet on the river because your range should be more polar in nature as well. You should have a lot of pocket pairs that just check back and never go for value. And then when you bet, you should have a queen and busted draws, right? So betting 15, 10% of the pot again is just value. It's, it's not only just value, but now it's, it's just value that his bluff catchers can never beat because you won't bet sixes for $15, but you'll have sixes, right? You won't bet an eight most likely for $15, but you'll have a lot of 8x. You could bet nines though because like you'll just bet the obvious hands that have a target. Nines yeah. have an obvious target of an eight, you know? Tens have an obvious target of an eight. You don't worry about value cutting yourself because nobody's double check raising here very often. Nines would feel a little thin here considering I got check raised on the turn, but yeah. Why though? Um, you just said he didn't have a queen. No, I understand that. I, <laughs> and now you're, now, you're playing, now you're playing my own words against me. Exactly. I, I understand. He's just poking holes in your... I, I'm just saying that nines it's, would feel it's, a little, it's little tougher. The, right. So you should bear that in mind then when, when it I'm comes to... Right? Yeah, when it comes to wanting to stack somebody with a queen. Right. Here. Like you were trying to get value from an eight, right? Yeah. So then why wouldn't you not do that with nines? Yeah, I understand. Yeah. 
But most more specifically, you said the guy pain folded, right? Like he's yeah, he actually, called, he actually thought about it for a little bit, and it was like, so I assume he paid me off with an eight, right? And my point was, and that's the other thing, we don't even know they had an eight. He might have just I, had like a right, dusty and this ass is, queen. And this yeah. is this is the part that really maybe he did have a queen. Yeah, what if he had like yeah, just a imagine imagine he just has like queen nine off, and maybe he was thinking about raising again, right? And yeah. then just realized like, oh no, this is only value. Yeah, right. So the part that really resonated <laughs> with me was when you said. um that I possibly could have made more money here when I actually go for a bigger size and then he decides to like paint call with I me. think over the aggregate you are winning so much less to this bet so essentially like the way we look at this is like how many pot or what percentage of the pot will our bet earn over the long run let's say he calls that $15 there 75% of the time okay like a quarter of the time he's probably just going to have a busted draw right and maybe he bluffs it maybe he doesn't but let's let's assume that you earn 75% of that 15 Actually, let's say 66% for easy math because I don't want to do math on air. So you earn $10 <laughs> extra every time you bet 15, right? Okay. If you bet 75... And I only get called like How 20, often do you need to get called to make the same $10? I understand what you're saying. So right? what's, what's 25% of 75, 15% Brian? 15% of the time. Yeah, right? Yeah. So you only need to get called 15% of the time to effectively earn the exact same amount of money as the small bet that you feel like is printing, right? Even if he calls it 100% of the time, you only need to get called 20% of the time when you bet 75% or $75. Okay. Yeah, right? Yeah, see, that's, that's the part that, that was a light bulb moment. And, and the biggest issue is that it's harder for him to call the $15 than it is the 75 with a bluff catcher because you're never bluffing for $15. They just don't exist. Right, mm -hmm. and you could say like, "Oh, okay, well then the exploit is to start bluffing for fifteen dollars." But it's like, no, not really, because the you only time called, he folds, yeah. yeah, the only time he f he's never folding an eight, right? Like an eight will one hundred percent of the time call. It just feels worse mm -hmm. than if you had bet seventy five dollars, because in both instances he doesn't beat value. But in the second instance where you bet seventy five dollars, your value range is so much tighter, and you have bluffs to complement it that he wins the appropriate amount of time to make a zero EV call. Yeah, the biggest takeaway for me is what you just said about, about that river decision as far as betting really, really, really small versus making that bigger bet. Even when I'm called at a lower percentage, I'm still making the same amount of money, if not more. So yeah. that was the big takeaway for me. Good. Good. I'm glad. Um, all right. No more multi-way stuff, man. We get <laughs> way too in the weeds. Oh, the, that's all that is. I know. We're I mean, have to you played live. You go multi. You have I to go multi way all the time. Yeah, we do. Yeah. We do. Um, but we don't have a multi way solver yet, and uh, we need one. All right. <laughs> uh, I hope you guys enjoyed in the muck. If you guys would like to submit your own personal in the mucks, uh, head over to our uh, Twitter page at onlyfriends underscore pod. You can find the link to our Discord channel there. Feel free to join. We have a. Um, we have a forum dedicated to in the muck submissions. We're going to be doing these a lot more frequently now. Uh, big shout out to GTO Wizard. They are going to be our feature sponsor of in the muck moving forward. So you're going to see a lot of uh, a lot of solving taking place. We're going to still walk through the in the muck spots, but then we're going to confirm with the wizard. You mm -hmm. know, get and a little. Feel free to. You don't have to give your real name if you want to make a submission. So when Berkey just like lights you on fire, right. Like, you yeah. know, you know, your friends won't make fun. I'll, I'll call you user 6677. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so be sure to to make some submissions there. Uh, also, while you're on our Twitter page, be sure to check out our Twitter Tuesday post. Uh, show us your graphs, you know? Mm -hmm. 2023 is over. 2024 is rolling in. Does that mean I get to share my 100 hours at 1-2? Yeah. 
Yeah, if you want. Sweet. Just make it into a graph. Um, got a nice little, nice little tweet up there for you guys. Just respond in thread. Just, you know, show us those graphs, baby. Show us those <laughs> graphs. Uh, that's going to do it for us today. Uh, don't forget, we do have an academy coming up in a couple of weeks. There are still a couple seats remaining. I believe um, we're now opening it up to previous attendees. So uh, if you'd like to reattend, you should have received an email for the discount on that. Uh, otherwise, you can head over to academy.solferwide.io and sign up. I think we have like four seats remaining for the second table. Uh, so be sure to hurry up and do that if you're interested. New episodes of Poker Out Loud drop every Monday. We got a little bit behind the eight ball uh, during the holidays, but two new episodes, I believe, are up as of today. They are up. So be sure to head over to solferwide.io and check those out. Guys, we're in for a good one this year. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a fun year. People getting slapped. People getting slapped. <laughs> Me out here bequeathing. Mm -hmm. uh, Did you get your Super Bowl tickets yet? Not yet. No. We'll wait to see what that opening <laughs> round playoff looks like. Oh, man. Stewards, baby. Stewards. Let's go. Woo. Worst comes to worst, you can sell them for ten grand in the parking lot. That's true. That is true. Shout out to Kessler. All right. Melissa is going to join us tomorrow. Uh, we're going to come in. We're going to demonstrate our graphs from last year. It should be a good, fun show. Uh, also, stay tuned. We're probably going to have some guests this month. Um, I want to try to do uh, a panel or two similar to what we did with the MDA. Uh, as well as maybe bring in some people who are a little bit outside the community. I got, I got a little, little surprise in store. Be sure to let us know in the comments below who you'd like to see on the only friends pod and make sure you smash that like button and subscribe on your way out. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We'll be back tomorrow, 11 a.m. Pacific as always. See you guys then. Peace. Peace.